We are here to round up the rest of round one. We talked about great adaptations um, by itself, uh, but we've been a little busy, and so we're coming back together now to run through the other three rounds, or the other three divisions for round one. Um, we're going to start, we'll go in order, so we'll start with the antecessors. Um, the antecessors went down last Thursday night, um, as of this recording, and what was interesting about the antecessor division is that there weren't any upsets. So the higher-seeded organism in each matchup won. So we had, advancing from round one, the Ambelodon, Dodicarus, Demetrodon, Andrew Sarkis, Thylocoleo, uh, Pseudolurus, Resciensis. That one is always really hard for me. Um, so all of the higher-seeded ones advanced. Um, Megan, did you have anything that came up for you or in your classroom about the antecessors? Well, the antecessors actually was super timely for my classroom. I teach eighth grade earth science, and so we had recently completed a time-traveling um, geologic time project where they had to um, pretend like they were a travel agency and like promote one of the geologic eras to time travel to. Oh, so and cool. so it was really fun because we got to say, oh, well, this organism lived in the Paleozoic era or the Mesozoic era, um, or was more recent in the, well, we're currently still in the Cenozoic. So it was kind of fun for them to make those connections and be like, oh yeah, I know something about that. Um, they were particularly upset when the hominid, um, when the hominid won over yeah. the tiny, adorable, fluffy little elephant mammoth thing. Um, <clears throat> they thought it was kind of cheap that the, the elephant had to fall over. Mm. in order for the hominid to actually finish it off. They thought that was kind of a cheap win. Which I thought it was kind of funny that they wouldn't be rooting for, you know, our ancestors. <laughs> yeah, I had the same reaction. My kids, like, really were upset by that battle, and I was just like, how are you not team hominid? Like, I immediately picked the hominid. I, yep. They were yep. very bothered. I don't know why. Um, for me, I loved the antecessor round because – it gave me an excuse to talk even more about phylogeny, um, which, as my students will tell you, I am obsessed with. Um, but I liked this division because it gave me an opportunity to talk with both students and my colleagues who got some unsolicited science from me in an email, uh, where I talked about how these are not dinosaurs, um, these combatants, and so that we're looking largely at either early true mammals, like the hominid um, and some of these sort of elephant ancestors that are in that division, uh, but also synapsids. And so those really cool transition organisms between reptiles and mammals, um, which I've always been endlessly fascinated by because things that are, you know, reptilian, but also like uniquely mammalian in some interesting ways are just not something that is intuitive for students um, or for my colleagues who aren't biology nerds. Uh, so I sent out a phylogenetic tree and talked a little bit about ancestry um, when I did my staff recap for this division. Yay, excellent. And for those who know Brittany, she also has a tree tattoo. Oh, uh, yeah. Science tattoos, <laughs> yay. <right>. I'm legit. <laughs> okay, so Urban Jungle happened a few days ago, and the um, winners, just very briefly going down, my little bracket category here were the hyena, the fox, the sewer rat, the coyote, the bobcat, the Berlin boar, porcupine, and baboon, all advancing to round two. Um, couple surprises in that bracket. Um, mm -hmm. I know my students, well, I'm just going to start out by saying I picked the sewer rat. 
<laughs> so did I. <laughs> I picked it. I was like, I'm not going to underestimate an urban rodent. Oh, completely. It. So it's this weird thing in my school, and I think it's like a counterculture kind of like rebel thing right now in the middle school of students being a little bit obsessed with Russia. And I don't know how much the like national conversation about Putin and Russia is influencing them, but they kind of love Russia, which is very strange. Um, and so they all picked the Moscow dog and we made these little posters to endorse our champions. And they went so far as to research like the Russian Cyrillic letters to like wow. say go Moscow dog on their posters. So th- I have some very upset kind of nerdy counterculture kids in my classroom right now. Uh, middle school hipsters. Oh yeah, middle school hipsters. That's exactly what they are. Yep. <laughs> I wanted to point out a little bit about the battle between the um, porcupine and the um, Delhi rhesus, the rhesus macaque. So um, I'm a sucker for primates, so I did pick the macaque to win that fight. And what was really interesting to me, though, is that I I've, um, I would not have obviously didn't predict, since I didn't pick the winner of that one, um, how this went down. So the rhesus macaque was not defeated directly by the porcupine, it was electrocuted um, by swinging from a wire or grabbing for, um, while swinging, sort of grabbed an electrical wire. And the Twitter battle for this one was really helpful because it then, of course, linked to the fact that this is actually fairly commonplace for these urban macaques. And it was not something that I'd ever heard of. I wasn't prepared for it. Um, I was stunned when I, when I read it happening on the Twitter. And that was the story from Urban Jungle that I took to my students the next day. Um, of all of the, you know, I don't usually spend a lot of time on each individual battle in, in my like little recap with them. Um, but I pointed out to them this electrocution story. And we talked about how um, being arboreal is so advantageous in an urban environment for the most part until you grab an electrical wire. Um, and they yeah. they were pretty fascinated by that too. Although I I was surprised actually. My students are still very hung up on like the fact that there are monkeys in cities, um, and that's such like a Western cultural thing, right? Because I have a number of students who are either from Southeast Asia themselves or who have family in Southeast Asia, and they're all like, "Oh, yep, monkeys everywhere, like you know, pests." Um, but my students who have have not traveled extensively it's very weird to them like they're still sort of grappling with that reality um which is fun to watch well totally and the other one that really surprised me that had well i mean i knew about you know monkeys being in cities but the one that really surprised me as having kind of infiltrated the city scene was the berlin boar like i can't even conceptualize of this like wild boars running around a city i think i would totally freak out if i saw that (laughs) visiting berlin like oh my gosh it's coming um, yeah, totally a gruesome way to die of electrocution, and I'm glad I have not personally witnessed this. <laughs> so I have this kind of guilty pleasure, a um, little bit obsessed with British murder mysteries. You've heard me talk about this before, Brittany. <laughs> I have. <laughs> but one of, the, one of the ones that I kind of got really into for a while was Midsummer Murders, and the <laughs> intro to Midsummer Murders has this sound of a screaming fox and I had never I never knew what it was I thought it was just some I had no idea I knew it was kind of like an animal sound but I had no idea and somebody tweeted it do you mind if I play it I have it open on oh YouTube. yeah go for it please okay so this is the sound of a screaming fox that was pretty scary that's I awful <laughs> I never want to hear that sound again 
Thanks for that. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Um, so if you ever watch Midsummer Murders and you hear that sound in the intro, now you know it's Fox. There you go. That's all I wanted to say. <laughs> it's important. I'm glad that we put that out there for the world. Mm-hmm. All right. And then last night, the I'm going to go ahead and call the most action-packed round one of the tournament the Alt Mammals, uh, formerly labeled as the Win the Cats Away division. So many twists and turns in these battles. But advancing from round one into round two, we have the Crocodile, the Anaconda, the Mantis Shrimp, the Secretary Bird, the Eagle Owl, the Octopus, the Tarantula, and the Komodo Dragon. And the Tardigrade, not a winner, but is hashtag Alt Advancing. So we'll, we'll circle back to that later. But if you're scoring brackets, Tardigrade does not get a point. I had that fight with someone last night already. (laughs) (laughs) I, like, hadn't had time to dig through the Twitter feed this morning when I was in my first hour class. And so I was like, oh, my gosh, I have no idea. I have no idea how to score this. So I will get back to you. Um, And so I will take the message back to my students that Anaconda gets the point and advances. But we have to wait. And until for us, we have to wait until after spring break to find out exactly what happens because we leave tomorrow for spring break (laughs) so i just i'm just gonna go ahead and put it out there i made perfect picks in this alt mammal division which is super impressive because there were a couple of upsets and i'm just so glad that for the most part in this bracket i really did follow my heart i held on to mantis shrimp the mantis shrimp took out the alligator snapping turtle Remember back in our preview episode, I talked about the mantis shrimp and its punch and how I just, you know, had this feeling that it could do some damage and it did. It fractured the beak of a snapping turtle. That's insane. Um, If you didn't already think that mantis shrimp were amazing, hopefully now you are convinced. They are delightful. I I didn't pick them to go further than round two, but I'm very happy (laughs) that mantis shrimp uh, vindicated my love and won the battle. Yes, I am thoroughly impressed with you as well, Brittany, for having perfect picks for this one. Um, my, I had one student who was super passionately um, backing the Bothrops Asper, and it actually turned into kind of a joke in our class because, again, on our little posters supporting our um, our champions, they drew a picture of the Asper with a, an afro, a paintbrush, and an easel because they thought it sounded like the Bob Ross Asper. Oh, that's awesome. Yes, super awesome. Um, so had some very disappointed students win the Tarantula one. Um, reading through that battle with the um, on the Twitter feed, noticing that the fangs of the Tarantula are like an inch long. Oh, that is the stuff nightmares are made of. Completely, completely. And another connection to geologic um, time and past in the Silurian period. Most of the organisms on land at that time were arachnids, and they often burrowed, so like large arachnids, like way bigger than Goliath tarantula, had these underground burrows where they lit tripwires. So the tripwire continues to this day as a hunting strategy for arachnids, um, which is how the tarantula you know, caught the asper that tripped the wire. And then you wanted to say something about this too. Oh, I just was horrified um, (laughs) reading the, um, I know it's going to be good when at the end of the battle, they're like, and then this happened and here's a paper where they will describe it for you because then you know it's going to get real. And so I read like the paper that was shared by the narrator, the journal article. 
and uh, the description of like the venom from the tarantula emulsifying, like that was the verb used, the insides of this asper. And like, that's just going to stick with me for longer than I want it to. Um, (laughs) But yeah, I had a lot of kids who picked the asper because they were really sold on like, it's the most venomous snake. It's going to go really far. And I think that they just really overlooked or didn't bother then to consider what it was up against. Uh, mm-hmm. inch long things on a tarantula you can't mess with that yeah no don't want to don't <laughs> yes nightmares for sure um the one kind of cool anecdote i had about this category was um even though the komodo dragon won by chomping on the giant salamander i had the very awesome privilege of seeing a hellbender in the wild I, a couple years ago well now more than a couple like six years ago now, um, I got to go to this really awesome evolution professional development in the mountains of North Carolina. And we went down to the, one of the rivers, I'm forgetting the name of the river, um, in a national park and we're kind of tromping around a stream and actually saw one swimming around. It was the coolest thing of all time. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. Um, did you want to recount the praying mantis happening oh i did thank you for reminding me i just thought it was hilarious how the crocodile took out the praying mantis obviously the praying mantis was not going to snack on the brains of the crocodile a little bit too small for that but the crocodile took out the praying mantis with a snot rocket (laughs) basically shot water out of its nose knocked it into the into the um marshy area where it drowned sadly but i just thought it was funny that a snot rocket took him out nice funny picture in my brain i also felt vindicated in my picks for my love of cephalopods because Mm -hmm. the octopus won and when i was filling out my bracket i was like oh octopus like you know they're very clever um really like highly intelligent clever is not even an appropriate enough word i don't think very powerful i just felt really good about it and then the battle was starting and i was looking at the like pictures of the cookie cutter shark and i was like oh i probably i probably shouldn't have picked the octopus i was probably a little blinded uh but then the octopus won and suffocated the shark and so i'm excited when i see my kids again tomorrow i've been on snow days here um but when i see my kids again tomorrow i want to talk about what is it what does it mean to like suffocate an animal that lives underwater. Um, and I think they'll give me an opportunity to talk about that. Um, and just to showcase to my kids how amazing cephalopods are and how much I love them. They are truly amazing. You must be a big fan of cephalopod week by science Friday. I, I do love cephalopod week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Actually a couple of years ago, a graduating senior um, gave me a wonderful book called the soul of an octopus as a, as a gift when he graduated and he, the, he inscribed it. He's a super thoughtful kid. I'm like, I know you love cephalopods. I hope you like this book. And, uh, I did. It's a great book. Oh, kids are so thoughtful. sweet sometimes. Um, and then the big mystery. So we'll wrap up here with the mystery leading into round two, uh, which is that the anaconda won its battle against the tardigrade officially. Mm-hmm. That's the mm-hmm. official stance of the tournament is that the anaconda is the winner. But during the battle, um, what actually happened is that the anaconda dislodged the tardigrade. And then later, the narrator chimed in and said, check in during round two to see what happens with the tardigrade. And Twitter lost its mind. Because (laughs) that is not how this is supposed to work. There is a winner and a loser. Um, And this is where we see the hashtag alt advance. So the tardigrade's not a winner, but is not out, I guess. 
Yeah, I have no idea. I just can't even begin to comment. I'm very frustrated. I don't know what to think. Um, I like the idea of the Tardigrade teaming up with the Anaconda, oh, but yeah. I don't think the Anaconda would be even aware that it was teamed up with. So I don't know. I just feel like I feel it's unresolved. I have anxiety about this, the state of the bracket. <laughs> yeah, I I mean, I think the what we can take away, I guess, is that, as always, anything can happen in March Mammal Madness, and all we can do is keep tuning in. So. so true. I can't wait for the next battle. All right. Thanks, Megan. Thank you, Brittany. See ya. You can follow me on Twitter at F-R-A-N-C-K-O-W-L-H-S. You can follow Megan at Meg Fretz, F-R-E-T-Z. We tweet about our classrooms, and we'll be tweeting about March Mammal Madness throughout the tournament. You can follow the official March Mammal Madness account on Twitter at 2018MMMLet'sGo. Let's go.